So, this morning, a new series. Just to explain what's going to be happening over the next few weeks, uh, you might have noticed it's not family zone this morning. Anybody noticed? Uh, <laughs> there's no Goliath prancing around, shouting out for Millwall. I keep, I keep seeing this in my periphery now, there's this like insect buzzing around my eye. It's there, I can see it. Get a fly swat. More around? A bit tighter, about there. There we go. A new series starting this morning, but it's not Family Zone today. I'm, I'm sure everybody's in the loop now, but Family Zones are now about five times a year. And uh, when they do happen, they will include food. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yeah. So the next one will be beginning of June. Uh, and next week, uh, we have Dave Creasy from Maidstone, from the Vine Church in Maidstone. It's our sister church from Relational Mission, New Frontiers Network of Churches in the area. Uh, I've been trying to get Dave over for about the past year or so. We finally managed to nail him for a date. He's brilliant. Jenny and I have been spending a lot of time with him and the family recently. They're all coming down next Sunday. And he's just going to come to encourage us where we're at right now. He's got a lot of experience in, uh, not just in church leadership, he's an elder at the Vine, but also in working with the community and social reform and some of the open doors that God has given him and the gang through the council, through business, through different aspects. It's just really unlocking great kingdom harvest for God to work through. And there, if you start adding up the numbers of people, the numbers of lives they are work not just in contact with, but they are working in with, and God is making a difference and bringing people through in huge, great ways. You start adding up those numbers, it's massive. And he's, he's got a really good experience of just understanding how just stepping into small things and just listening for God's small voice in the small things. We don't despise them, but actually over 5, 10, 20 years, they become big things. And just to encourage us right where we're at as a church right now, God's doing great stuff amongst us, isn't we? Yeah, beach clean yesterday. Woo! 17 kilos of rubbish we collected. It's amazing. We get to make Home Bay an even better place to live in. And while we're there, God willing, we get to preach the good news of Jesus Christ as well as these relationships build. We've got a great time with Tom, the Coastal Development Officer. And get just getting to know him, and I trust over the next few years we'll get to know him more. You never know what might happen. Pray for him. It's good. But Dave will come and encourage us. These are just little things, but actually you never know what this can become when God's got his hand on it. So that's next week. Don't miss it. Uh, or miss out otherwise, won't you? Um, but we have four Sundays, a new series, so in and around those, it'll take us up to the middle of June because of next week and because of Family Zone. Four Sundays where we felt it's just really important, uh, really important just to uh, take some time out, just to focus on something particular. We can focus on aspects of letters and, and specific things, but actually sometimes we just need to remind ourselves, we keep talking about God. Who is God? You go out on the street, you ask a hundred different people to describe God, you'll probably get a hundred different answers. We need to define that word, don't we? And so we just felt really, it's really important. It's inspired by this book, in fact. I love waving books around. It's only a hundred pages long. It's brilliant. Have a chat with Paul if you want to get a copy. It's called The Good God by Mike Reeves. It's all about who God is. What is God like? And the Bible affirms God as Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How on earth do we get our heads around that? What does that mean? God, three persons, but one God. What does that mean? What does that look like? We're going to spend four weeks looking at that. Today I'm just going to give an overview of the whole subject. But then over three weeks we will look at uh, life-giving spirit. David will share that in a couple of weeks' time. We were sung a song just, just now. Life-giving spirit. That's what the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as. The Spirit is not an it. The Spirit is a person. A person of the Godhead. He is a he. Remember that. 
And David will unlock a bit more of that for us. I'll be looking at God as Father, what that means, and actually how he's an extravagant father. He just can't help bestowing love on his children. And then Julian, actually in June, will be looking at the given son, how Jesus was given by the Father to us, but actually how he also gave of himself. And actually through this we just trust that we'll come away from this four, four Sundays understanding that there is an overflowing love amongst the Godhead. And actually that's why we've called this series The Generous God. This is not a God who is reserved. He loves to be so extravagant. He just can't help pouring his love on us through each aspect of the Godhead, through Father, through Son, through Holy Spirit, these, this intimate family, eternal family, that just can't help sharing what they've got amongst them. So today... We'll be looking at the first part, and just called it the overflowing love of the Trinity. When we start to get our heads around, as much as you ever can, this is God we're talking about, once we start getting our heads around Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we start to realise, actually, that is more than just a clever doctrine. It actually has huge impact on you and me here today. So like I say, you go out in the street, you ask people, who is God? All sorts of different answers. When I speak to friends, particularly at work, a lot of friends at work are atheists, and um, they go to me, it's all right for you, you've got your faith, it's up to you. I haven't seen the evidence, science dictates we need evidence, I haven't seen any evidence for God, I don't believe in God. The next question, every time, every time you come up with that in a conversation, the next question to ask them is, describe that God to me. Because chances are, I don't believe in that God either. Think about it. I don't believe a God who, who just lets children die and lets children suffer. I don't believe a God who... who, who, who made the universe and just left it to roll and blow. It's like, I believe in a God that's involved, who does care about children dying, actually, and he's done something about it. There's, there is a difference in understanding what the word God means. So next time you come across someone who says they don't believe in God, ask them to describe that God. It could be very interesting. But the Bible affirms Trinity. The word Trinity just means God three in one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but all, in, all one in God. Is that important? Is it unimportant? Does it really matter? It's just a clever doctrine for the clever boffins, isn't it? That can be an attitude sometimes. Actually, it does matter, because it affects everything. Understanding God as three in one affects our security, affects our understanding of why we're here, affects our understanding of how we are saved, it affects our understanding of what family and marriage should be like, and so on and so forth. It affects you and me, here and now, in our everyday lives, all the time. It affects our whole world view of everything. Some people, when I've spoken to Jehovah's Witnesses on the doorstep, they said, ah, oh, you see Trinity? It's not in the Bible. No, the word Trinity isn't in the Bible, but then neither is dismembership, and you believe in that. <laughs> ah, eh? Neither is incarnation, God in flesh, Jesus. The word incarnation isn't in the Bible. But the truth is, or what it means, it's just words we use to describe things. Atheism isn't in the Bible. Atheist is not in the Bible, but I believe in them. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? To say the word Trinity isn't in the Bible doesn't mean the truth of what it means isn't. The Bible affirms God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see, Christianity, we, we share a lot of similarities with other faiths. A lot of historical events and so on. We actually share, in some aspects, Jesus with other faiths. Islam affirms Jesus as a very holy person who actually lived on this planet, etc., etc., etc. They won't affirm him as son of God like we do. But then there's the thing, you see. Son of God. Eternal son. Eternal God. We actually declare God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
that is totally unique to Christianity. And there is a reason why. Because everything else is a twisting of who God actually is. So it is important to us. See, I just trust that by the end of today, certainly by the end of the four Sundays, that we'll be able to understand that Trinity is not something we should try to explain. If we can find Trinity, then we're as clever as God. And I like not being as clever as God. Revel in that. Don't try to explain the Trinity, but embrace the Trinity. That's the difference. Accept it as truth. We will look through the Bible at various aspects. There's a huge exhaustive list of verses we could look at. I think we had to look at a few this morning. But once we understand that Trinity is three and one, we can describe it, but we can't explain it. It doesn't matter. Embrace it, and it unlocks Scripture. And we see how Trinity invites us into this great adventure that is planned for us. You see, you can read in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, it declares that the Lord is one. That is not a mathematical concept that is not about a simple number. It's not that God was one, as in number one, in the Old Testament and suddenly became three in the New Testament. It's not like that at all. In Deuteronomy 6.4, where it declares the Lord is one, it's not a mathematical concept, it's describing unity. It's exactly the same as is in Genesis 2, when it talks about Adam and Eve, when a man shall leave, leave his parents and be united with his wife, they will become one flesh. Like me and Jenny have kind of merged into this weird body morphing, fleshy thing. We're two people. It wouldn't be nice at all, would it, darling? But we are one flesh, as in we are united in his eyes. It's the same. The Godhead is one. It's not a mathematical concept. Don't start playing with numbers. One, united. Together they are God. Each of them are individually God. They're not a third of God each. They're individually God, but together they are gods. It's not three gods. It's not plurality. So you don't try and get your head around it. Don't explain it. Embrace it. God is one as in unity rather than a number. So this morning, I just think, we won't take too long, but I just want to explain. Let's look at what Trinity isn't first. That would help, wouldn't it? Lots of little pictures have come up with how we can understand Trinity. Egg and sun and water. And we'll look at a few of those in a minute. Let's look at what Trinity isn't. Then let's look at what Trinity is. And then we'll look at what it means to us. Now is that, is that simple enough? You up for that? Don't explain the Trinity, embrace the Trinity. What Trinity isn't? In a minute we're going to get St. Patrick to help us work out what Trinity isn't. It'll be up on the screen in a minute. People use different ways of trying to describe what God is like when we talk about Trinity. Three in one, how can earth we get our heads around this? Well, he's like an egg. You've got the shell and the white and the yolk. Well, there's a downside to using that picture. Or water, you've got steam and liquid and ice. Well, there's a downside to that picture. And actually, none of them do God any justice. And actually, it's easier to not try and explain the Trinity, but to embrace the Trinity. Shall we see what St. Patrick, is it already at a rock and roll in a sec, do you think? We'll find out in a minute. Let's start turning lights off. Do you want to close a couple of blinds, if that's alright? Let's see if we can see this. Let's see if St. Patrick and a couple of cheeky little fellows can help us see the downsides of trying to explain the Trinity. Thank you. 
fancy education and books and learning. All of this for the first time. So try to keep it simple. Okay, Patrick? Yeah, real simple, Patrick. Sure, there are uh, three persons of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yet there is only one God. Don't get what you're saying here, Patrick. Not picking up what you're laying down here, Patrick. Could you use an analogy, Patrick? Let's not get riotously drunk and vomit in the Chicago River. Thank you, St. Patrick, for explaining. The point is, there was a guy called Athanasius that he quoted right at the end there, who, from whom we get the Athanasius Creed. I'm not going to read it all out, but it's exhaustive, it's long, it's very wordy, but the point is he ends up describing the Trinity, not trying to explain the Trinity. He simply says, Father, Son and Holy Spirit are all equally God. Father is God, Son is God, Holy Spirit is God, but they are not three gods. They are all Lord, but they are not three Lords. They are all Almighty, but they are not three Almighties. Does that make sense? Don't try and explain the Trinity. Embrace the Trinity. Say it again. 
don't try to explain the Trinity. Embrace the Trinity. We can describe it, but don't try and explain it. If you talk about an egg, there's three parts of an egg. Each one of those isn't individually the egg. It doesn't work. So you said about the sun. Oh, the sun and the heat and the light. Yes, but the heat and the light are creations of the sun. So it's much the same way. Son and Holy Spirit are not creations of the Father. They're both eternally God. So just be very, very careful. A clover leaf, saying that the clover leaf is like Father, Son and Holy Spirit, but they're co-joined, it doesn't work. It's like saying two Siamese twins are the same person. They're not. They're two people and they share a couple of organs and a leg or something. Do you see what I mean? Don't try and explain the Trinity... Very good. What is the Trinity? Let's have a little look at some verses. You see, the Bible affirms Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and it is absolutely saturated with this. It really is. It's not that hard to go looking. There's a lot of verses I could have listed today. I don't want you flicking through your Bibles and wearing your thumbs out. We'll look at a few. But understand this. If God is, God is explained and, and described as eternally unchanging, and yet he calls himself Father... He must have always had a son. Ah, do you see? If God is unchanging and God is described, calls himself, God is love, before we turned up, he must have had someone to love. Ah. See, before creation, there must have been more than just one united God. Three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. See, Trinity isn't a problem. It can be perceived as that, can't it? Trinity is a mystery that has been revealed to us to embrace. Let's look at, right at the beginning, can't go wrong, Genesis chapter 1. Before anything was created, what do we have? I don't want you just to take my words for it. I need to see for yourself. Genesis chapter 1, first couple of verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit was there. Turn to verse 26. And I love this. It's always been God said... God said, God said. And then verse 26, when it comes to making mankind, and I'll share this with you before. Chapter 1, verse 26, then God said, let us. Now, I love that. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. There's more than just one person going on here already. Now, turn to Hebrews chapter 1. you have trouble finding it, you can go right to the end and work back a little way. If you've got a blue Bible here, it will be page about 1200, or you've got your index at the front, and I'll be reading it out in a sec. Hebrews chapter 1, first couple of verses. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, 
whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. So a father and spirit, already described in Genesis chapter 1, and here we're reminded that Jesus was there all the time as well. If it's through Jesus the universe was created, that means the universe, everything was created after Jesus existed, therefore Jesus has always been around. Does that make sense? Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Before time, before creation, three persons, God. Now then, I'm going to get you flicking. We already accept that there's Father, but it's about the others, isn't it? We've already seen, actually before creation, we've got Spirit and Son as well. Let's look at Jesus and the Holy Spirit a bit more individually. Just to be sure, John chapter 1. It's the fourth Gospel of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. In the beginning was the Word... And the Word was with God, and the Word, revealed later on to be Jesus, the Word was God. Hello? He was with God in the beginning. So he was God, and he was with God. There's more than one going on here already, isn't there? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Don't try and get your head around it. Embrace it. Do you see? Right, Mark chapter 1. It's the second gospel, second book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark. Another verse, Mark chapter 1, verse 1. And here we start to see the Trinity verse. Are there verses with the whole Trinity all in one hit? Yes, there are. This one verse sums up the Trinity. When you get your head around what the wording means... Mark chapter 1 verse 1, the beginning of the gospel, just means good news, the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus Christ means Messiah. Messiah means anointed by the Holy Spirit. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, anointed by the Holy Spirit, the Son of God. If he's a son, we must have a father. Trinity, in one verse, straight away. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, anointed by the Holy Spirit, the Son of God, the Son of the Father. So there's Jesus, already declared as being God, being with God before all things were made. In fact, it was through him all things were made. We're building a bigger picture here. Let's look at the Holy Spirit. Sorry to get you jumping around. A couple more for now, and then I'll read others out for you. 1 John 3... Head to the last book of the New Testament, Revelation and work. A few pages back, you see 1 John, chapter 3. I've lost my verse. Where's it gone? I've lost it already. I didn't write my verse down. 
<laughs> that being must be born of God. Here it is. Verse 9, or do no one who is born of God will continue to sin. It's about being born of God. Okay? No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. Remember that phrase, born of God. Okay? Born of God. One more flip. I'll do some other reading up for you. John chapter 3. That gospel again. We need to be born of God, remember? And the same guy says it in a different way. John chapter 3 verse 5. The same, this is the very same John, the same writer. He's already said you've got to be born of God. Now in John chapter 3 verse 5, Jesus answered, I'll tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. You've got to be born of God, you've got to be born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. It's the same thing. See, the Holy Spirit, I need to remind you of this, the Holy Spirit is not a force, not like some Jedi thing. The Holy Spirit is a he, the Holy Spirit is a person, the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Godhead. This is why in John chapter 14, John chapter 15, depending on what version you're reading, those different words are used. In those two chapters, the Holy Spirit is described as our advocate, our comforter, our counsellor, a force can't be a comforter and a counsellor, can it? A person can. Because a person can relate and speak to us and work with us. If you want to flick with me, feel free to. Let's look at another couple of verses with the whole Trinity in. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. I just want to help you. I'm sorry about all this jumping about, but actually, no, I'm not sorry. But I just want to. <laughs> I just want to show you that it's not just me and my clever ideas. This is what the Bible says. The Bible is saturated with Father, Son and Holy Spirit, all God. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Father, Son, Spirit, evident in one hit. I'd love to have been there. Wouldn't that be amazing? Father, Son and Holy Spirit together in one moment. Visible, overt, demonstrated. One more. Acts chapter 7. Comes after the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And then Acts chapter 7. Verse 55. This will be the last one for this little chunk. Acts chapter 7, verse 55. The Trinity in one verse, but Stephen, this is when he was being stoned, killed for his faith, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Father, Son, Spirit. Wrapped up, perfect unity, three individual persons. They are not gods like Olympian gods who bicker, Hindu gods who bicker. These are three distinct persons who are united as one Godhead.
But what does it mean to us? See, for so many of us, the temptation is to leave that in the theology books. Let that sit in Wayne Gruden's systematic theology, the big tome on the bookshelf. Yeah, I've heard, I've read that, but I don't really need to get my head around it. Don't explain it, but do embrace it. Because this affects you, and it affects me for everyday life, in different ways. I want to look at four, and there's far more than that, of course. If the Bible quite overtly declares Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what does it mean to us? Well, I want to look at creation, why we're here. Because it's because of the Trinity. Rescue, salvation. All the Trinity are involved. Prayer, how does that affect our prayer life? It's revolutionised mine, honestly. And actually mission as well, how we get invited in and wrapped up to this adventure that they've prepared. Creation, first of all. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Why are we here? Ever asked that question? Yeah? Well, lots of other people outside the church do as well, of course. It's not just in here. Why are we here? What was God doing before creation? Why did he bother? I watched a video. Actually, as a with the Thursday group, we watched the video of Billy Graham's like memorial. He had all his friends in his... Is it a chapel on his ranch where he lives? All his friends there. And there was one bit I wanted to shout out. Because I thought it was brilliant. It was a great video. It was lovely. Real just demonstration of what God had done through this man. And his friends were celebrating it with him. But there's one guy who started singing a song. And he started shouting out, Why you created us? And he started singing a song. It's because you were lonely. I was like, No! It was the last thing. Father, Son and Holy Spirit revelling in each other, loving each other, pouring out love for each other and wanting to share that. What was God doing before creation? He wasn't bored in the slightest. <laughs> loving each other. It wasn't as, as Andrew Wilson calls it, God on his Todd. It's Father, Son and Holy Spirit loving each other. Go on then, one more turning to a, a verse. John chapter 17, if you want to turn with me, I will read it out. John chapter 17, it's a chapter I read with you guys, sharing with you guys just before Christmas. It's an amazing prayer where we get flying the wall looking to the relationship of father and son speaking, conversing with each other. John chapter 17, verse 24. To remember, they were so wrapped up in each other before creation. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. They weren't bored and they certainly weren't lonely. They had each other. It's amazing. Why are we here? It's because of that love in the Trinity. It overflows into creation. And if you can't quite understand why that is, let me explain. I could spend all my time at home with my girls, with Jenny and Amy. Three of us. Don't try and work out who's who. <laughs> Don't stretch the analogy too far. But me, Jenny and Amy, I love my girls to bits. I like checking them out. We're in Tesco's and that, watching them up the eye. I just look at us. They're my girls. Lovely. They're brilliant. But you can imagine I could just be so wrapped up in that. 
I love little bits and I love hanging out with them and doing stuff together and playing together or just comfortable silences together, but being together in our home. But what's even better is when I get out of the home and get to share that with other people, show them photos in my wallet, or actually tell them stories about it, or just enjoy doing kissy-kissy on the phone in front of my my workmates, because I'm proud of my relationship with my wife, and even better, bringing them home to meet them. Come and meet my wife, come and meet my Amy, she's cracking. I get to share that. As much as I can revel in it at home, is the icing on the cake, is that I get to share that with others. And that is the overflowing love of the Trinity wanting to share it. There's just so much love between us. Like, let's get to share this and make it even better as much as it ever could be. Does that make sense? Well, who's ever read a book and wants to get everywhere with their friends to read it? Who's ever listened to a song, bought an album, seen a film, you go, I want to tell my friends about this. Quite often you get all excited about a film. You go, come and see this. And they watch it and they go, oh, this is all right. Like, oh. You get gutted, do you? Because you want them to share what you've got. Do you see? This is the Trinity. Creation is because of the Trinity. It's not because they were lonely. It's because they wanted to share it with us. We're an extended family that they want to embrace and draw in. We're the ones who screwed that up. But it's because of the overflowing love of the Trinity that we are here. Does that blow your mind? It blows mine. Rather than some awkward add-on, Trinity unlocks Scripture. Isn't it? Trinity invites us in. This is why we're here. It's because of the overflowing love of the Trinity. Don't explain the Trinity. Embrace the Trinity. Okay. So the Godhead between them. They're all involved in creating us because they want to share this overflowing love. And we're the ones who burnt that. We're the ones who were selfish, thought we knew better did what we expressly asked not to do. And that was put ourselves on the throne, effectively. We've committed an act of treason by thinking we knew better than the king and doing what we think. And that's when sin came in the world, darkness. All of us have that in our hearts. We're all liable to selfishness, to dark thoughts, to dark deeds. And there was a corruption and there was a break in the relationship. So the overflowing love of the Trinity has already planned for this? Blows your brain. They knew what we're going to be like. They gave us free will to actually embrace or turn away. And we turned away. But they'd already made plans for that because they knew what we're like. And so rescue, salvation, all the Trinity are wrapped up in that. It's not simply father coming up to a child and going, okay, in you come. And it's not just, in inverted commas, Jesus dying on the cross for Julian and Father and Holy Spirit aren't involved. And it's not just, in inverted commas, the Holy Spirit touching Sheila that she might be saved and then taking her and going, right, I've got these for you, Father. Uh, I don't know if you wanted them, but I've done these ones for you. It's not like that. Rescue, salvation is so wrapped up in the Trinity because they're overflowing love for us. All of them are involved. We use words like, I gave my life to Jesus. I found Jesus. Yeah, but, no, but. Actually, did you save yourself? (laughs) What happens? Fred, do you want to come with me, Father God? Sorry to stereotype. How do we get saved? Just an example. 
All you have to do is act fatherly. Come on, stand here and look, look fatherly. Yes, exactly. That's, that's why I chose you. How do we get saved? It looks a little bit like this. Bob, do you want to come and be a drowning sinner? Yeah, you do, yeah. You're a saint, but you can act, can't you? If you get kneeling on the floor, facing that way, facing away from Father, so you think you know better, you're looking that way, and you're drowning. Help me. Help me come on. Oh, I'm really drown. Oh, you're lost in your sin. Lost in your sin. <laughs> David, do you want to come be a Holy Spirit? <laughs> I'm going to be Jesus. <laughs> Cast myself. What happens is, it's not Father rescuing Bob. It's not Jesus rescuing Bob. It's not Holy Spirit rescuing Bob. It's all three. Father, Son and Holy Spirit have already agreed this pre-planned rescue for sinners. Sinners, are lo- we are lost in our sin. We are facing the wrong way. We're not even looking in the right place. We think we are. It's about everything I do good and be good and avoid naughty stuff. And if I do that enough, more than Hitler, I'll get to heaven without killing people. That's what we think. I'll keep trying to be nice and I'll get to heaven. When I go to the pearly gates, it's because I've been better than Jack next door. No, we're facing the wrong way. Or it's about other faiths, or about a God who isn't Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're looking in the wrong place. We're lost in our sin, we're drowning. Father has already sent the Son, and Jesus has already volunteered at the same time. No, you go, no, I'm going anyway. And he reached out a bridge between perfect God and imperfect sinner. You and me, by the cross. But we're still facing the wrong way. What does the Holy Spirit do? Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to turn that sinner around to face the Father, to look to Jesus. It does it very well, look. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? What an image. Turns her around, and the bridge, Jesus, draws her into the family. You can get get off your knees now. it doesn't stop there. You're drawn into the family, you're an adopted daughter, you're a co-heir with a son, you're a sister, he's not ashamed to call you brother, that just means brother and sister. You're in the family now, can you lose your salvation? Well, if you didn't save yourself, can you unsave yourself? Ah. You're in the family forever, with the Holy Spirit in you, while Jesus is at the Father's side in heaven, the Holy Spirit is in you, Jesus is in you by his Holy Spirit, Forever. You're in the family forever. That's how salvation works. Father, Son and Spirit are all actively involved because of their overflowing love for you, Bob. And for you, Tom. For you, Joe. For you, Helen. For Jenny. Do you see what I mean? Thank you, guys. It's good news. Thank you, guys. Do you see Trinity unlock Scripture? Get excited about Trinity. Don't explain it. Embrace it. Come on. You're getting tired. We're nearly finished. And this is why we've called this a generous God. We're going to look at extravagant father, life-giving spirit, given son. The Godhead can't help giving because they love us. God is love, always has been. And we get swept up in that. Isn't that amazing? A couple of things to end. Prayer. Who's prayed? Dear Father, thank you so much for dying on the cross for me. Or is it just me? <laughs> Dear Jesus, thank you for adopting me, adopting me as your son. 
We get confused, don't we, in our little brains. Of course you do. doesn't matter. It's not about clever keywords and then you got the magic incantation wrong because you said the wrong word. God's bigger than that. That's fine. But we can get a little bit confuzzled, can't we? It's not a problem. So the danger is sometimes we can get caught up in the modalism as those two little Irish leprechaun guys were talking about. That's modalism, Patrick. Modalism just means an understanding of God in three modes, one at a time. The, the water analogy. It's a bad analogy because water is only ever steam or liquid or ice at any given time. It's not all three simultaneously. Okay? So we're not, it's not Father sent himself, became Jesus, died on the cross, went back to heaven, and then, he sent, then he's arrived as Holy Spirit. It's just not like that. All three are simultaneously coexisting God, but they are all individual persons as well. So we can pray, we can pray to all of them. You're allowed to, though, since they're all God, you can pray to Father. You can pray to Jesus. You can pray to the Holy Spirit. You can welcome him in. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, if, give me a word for this person. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Father, you've loved me before all time and you've adopted me as your son. You can speak to all of them, that's fine. They're not a group of gods, they're our family. Neither are more God or less God than the others. They're all with defined roles and personality. You can pray to them. It's easy to understand we can pray to the Father. Jesus tells us, pray our Father in heaven. Is it biblical to pray to Jesus? Where you look through Acts and the letters, there are prayers offered up to the Lord. When the word Lord there is used, it's referring to Jesus. You can pray to Jesus because he's also equally God. Are we allowed to pray to the Holy Spirit? Well, there's no obvious overt prayers in the Bible to the Holy Spirit, but for a starter, he's equally God. He is a person. He is our counsellor. If you can't speak to your counsellor, then he's not your counsellor, is he? If he's called counsellor by Jesus, I'm going to talk to him. If you really want to be sure, there's nothing in the Bible that bans you from praying to the Holy Spirit. Banned from praying to other stuff. They're all equally God, we can pray to all of them. I guess the ideal for starters to help us is that Jesus did model it. Obviously it was Jesus himself speaking, but he says pray, our Father in heaven. We get to pray to our Father through Jesus. He, just remember that he's the one that's made the way possible to even stand in front of God, in front of the Father, innocent, when we don't deserve to be. And we pray through the Holy Spirit. When you are saved, when you give your life to Christ, when you, when you embrace him as your saviour because of what you're like. The Holy Spirit comes in you as a deposit, a seal, a guarantee. But he doesn't just sit there dormant. He works within you and he helps you pray. Especially those times when you don't know how to pray. Coffee and chaos, mum. I was bumped into a while she was on the phone when I was sorting out the TV out there. And... She came off the phone and she said, my name's just died. I didn't know how to pray for her. But I gave her a quick hug and a little one, a quick hug at the time, and I was just like, God, that's enough. It's the Holy Spirit does the rest. We can just groan sometimes. It's, like, I've, it's horrible news. And she just burst into tears. And I didn't know what to do. I'm not going to give her any cheesy, sentimental claptrap. It's just, I'm with you in this. And that's a prayer and the Holy Spirit works through us. That's fine. When you haven't got the words, 
doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit works for us. We pray to the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. Does that unlock prayer a bit for you? Does that make it easier? Prayer should be easy. If you don't find it easy, maybe you're making it too complicated rather than it is hard. Sometimes there's other reasons as well you have to work through. But Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they love you so much. They work together for you. Embrace that. One more thing. We're running out of time. I just want to mention mission. If Father, Son and Holy Spirit, their love overflows so much they made the universe and their, their love overflows so much that they rescue us even when we don't deserve it. And we get to be a part of that family. We get swept up in that. We get swept up in their heart. And if their heart is to draw others into their family, is to rescue more from, from doom, from darkness, from hell, from sin, from eternal separation from them, they don't want it to stay there. We get swept up into that heart. We get swept up into passing this on, to drawing others in, to sharing this good news. When we embrace Trinity, we can't help spouting out about it. When we embrace Trinity, there's a lighter, there's a lighter step in our walk. There's a lighter bounce in us. When we embrace Trinity and understand the overflowing love over me, it changes my countenance. It changes my attitude. It changes my response to situations where I'd normally lose my rag or say the wrong thing. It's relationship. Remember what Angie Kim said, it's not about doing, it's about being. When you get swept up into Trinity, you get swept up into what they're doing. And what they're doing is saving souls and drawing them into an eternal family forever. We get caught up in that. We get to be on the front line of that. Matthew 28, when Jesus says, Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Trinity is wrapped up in mission, and we get caught up in that. We get invited into the Trinity. Let's enjoy inviting others into Trinity as well. See, this is why... We are always, always, always going on about Jesus here at Beacon. It's Jesus, 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 Jesus this, Jesus that. Because if we just keep using the word God, I might know what that means, you might not. If we use Jesus, there has to be a Father, because we're declaring the Son. There has to be a Spirit, because the Son sent the Spirit. Does that make sense? If we keep talking about Jesus as the way, we set ourselves apart from every other faith on this planet, every other belief on this planet, and declaring the God of the Bible, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we're just looking at a man-made God, aren't we? The generous God overflows into creation, into salvation, into mission, and we are caught up in that. Something to embrace. We're going to sing a song in a minute. We're going to sing Fountain of Goodness. We've been uh, teaching you guys over the past few weeks. It is a song that embraces Trinity. It doesn't try and explain it. It describes it, but it does embrace it. Let's just pray and then we'll sing this song. Father, I thank you that we can't explain, but we can describe you, we can embrace what your word teaches us. And how we understand who we are in light of that. That we are your children. 
made possible by what Jesus has done on the cross, made possible by the work of the Holy Spirit to turn us around, to fix our eyes on you, to know that we are adopted despite anything we've done, despite what we're like, despite the sin in our hearts, you, gracious, good God, eternally perfect and eternally loving, wanted to share that with us, with me. Lord, remind me of this throughout this week. I'm adopted by the Father. I am a brother of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And the Holy Spirit resides in me. The great stories we have heard of what has happened in your church in, in Acts chapter 2. And even in places just around our United Kingdom at the moment, we're hearing some great things happening amongst other churches. It's the same Holy Spirit sits in me, resides in me, draws me deeper into community with your people that we together might see you at work in our town and across our nation and across this world. It's the same Holy Spirit that you have sent, that I might be saved, that I might be your child. Lord, as we sing this song, may we revel in you just as you revel in each other. That dance between you is amongst us as your people as well. Lord, help us to embrace it. In the precious name of our King Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Don't